Welcome to episode 10 of the Splitfire Gaming Podcast. Uh, yes, it is episode 10. I never thought it would last this long. And I always said that on episode 2, 3, 4, and all the way up to episode 9, but genuinely episode 10. And on the day that um, Cursed City was released. So a lot of complaints about scalping. I may or may not have indulged in some scalping to uh, celebrate. Who knows? Um, but guest today, very special guest. has been a, a uptick arc of the uh, fame level of the people I'm getting on here. So introduced the Miniatures Apothecary. Hello. Do you prefer being called Miniatures Apothecary or do you prefer being called by your real name? Um, to be fair, I don't mind either. Um. <laughs> I might mix it up and then, you know. Yeah, no, that's keep fine. Keep people guessing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you are a superstar in the Twitterverse of hobby <laughs> interaction. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got over 1,000. How many followers have you got now? Uh, 1,000 and some. It, it, it's nothing in comparison to some people out there. I'm, I'm just a guy that likes hobby or likes likes hobbying in general, you know. That's, um, you know, every time I say, oh, I've got, you know, 70, 100, 200 followers and this, like, people with 1,000, like, how is that even possible? <laughs> what are you doing? Charisma? Um, what, what are you I, doing? I'm just being myself, mate. Seriously, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I enjoy painting and converting and building, and obviously I, I advocate for, for positive mental health in the community as well, And but it's it's all me. It's, it's I'm, yeah, it's just, just being myself. Um, it seems to work, because uh, this is the first episode that I've done with somebody I don't actually didn't know in real life. So that's just how far we've come in terms of um, social media in this uh, mm. lockdown age. That this would never happen had I not been uh, had nothing to do, and therefore started a Twitter account. So it's funny how it all comes about. Yeah, you, you meet some really um, you meet some really interesting people um, via social media. It's it's a roller coaster, to be fair. Because um, um, my account it was sort of springboarded off you and another group of about five or six people who actually paid any attention to the trash I was uh, putting out there. So you've got you to thank or blame for this whole thing. Oh, I'll, I'll take the blame quite happily. <laughs> quite happily. Ena- yeah, enabling, enabling is the game. Yeah, enabling. But it, it is nice that there's um, a core of people that you're one of that um, promote people who want to do stuff or want to show what they've painted or things this podcast are doing or whatever it is, that there is some people that will back them up, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, anything, anything Warhammer related, um, for the most part, it's, if I see it, it's, or it comes across my feed at any point, I'm, I'm quite happy to support it and encourage it, enable it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's another, it's another member of the community, isn't it? So yeah, it's, it's, it's lifting the community up, um, giving it another voice, and that and that's important. So, so how yeah. how long have you had your account? How long did it take to get from naught to a thousand? Uh, um, I want to say August last year, 
Might have been later. Might have been November. That's not long, is it? That's no, uh... no, it's not long at all. I, I started off with just the the social media, usual sort of Twitter and Instagram, um, mostly, and then started streaming. I think just after Christmas, which was nerve wracking, because um, I only had like a, a, a Mrs. Apocryphary's three gigabyte laptop and uh, <laughs> two. In- know two uh, the built-in camera and then a, a camera we bought off amazon and no mic and really really terrible lighting and a magnolia room and <laughs> yeah it was it was nerve-wracking i tell you and now um, with all your yeah, raid shadow legend money you've afforded oh, yeah. <laughs> every time dude every time <laughs> Insider jokes, I love them. <laughs> I know, yeah. The banter has been the, the the banter, obviously, between ourselves uh, during streams and various other people. Crafty Gobbo being um, number one on that on that list of people. Um, the banter is brilliant. I love it. Um, that's that's been an icebreaker during many of stream and conversations and stuff. So yeah, I, I, I get a kick out of it. I enjoy it. Because I've, I've I've done two live streams, but I don't regularly stream. But you do, don't you? It's um, it's twice a week you try to stream. Yeah, I yeah I, li- I like the fact that you put try in there. Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> things come yeah, up. Yeah, it, no, it, 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 it's definitely yeah. Try um, Sundays and Thursdays. Uh, I do the live streams, and then we have a painting session on the Wednesday night via the Discord. Um, oh yeah, you, you better haul the stuff out now because as we've established nobody <laughs> listens to the end of these so yeah yeah so what we've got twitter instagram facebook twitch there is a youtube channel but nothing's uploaded yet discord um yeah streaming thursday nights sunday nights discord is wednesday night painting session um that's about it really i'll put um, them all in the box <laughs> below just so you can have a look yeah. do have a look because it's uh it's quite therapeutic to watch somebody else paint. I just you, you watch me paint and and ramble on. Really, you know, this is this. It feels very incoherent when I talk sometimes. <laughs> because like this, this is sort of planned out to some extent when I do these, and um, I don't know how I, I. I don't know if I could improvise for sometimes it's three or so hours, isn't it? Yeah, I go for as long as I guess I'm enjoying it as well. You know, I mean, the if other people are enjoying it, I have. There's been a few occasions where it's got to like three hours. So for me, it's like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm flagging, and it's like people are going, "No, we want more." Okay, do you know what? You you people want more. You're gonna have to wait a minute. I'm gonna go make myself a fresh brew. I'll be back in five minutes. I come back and I do more. I think my longest running one now went till half past one in the morning. That's probably not including the. How many hour stream you did for charity the other couple of weeks ago? Oh, yeah, the, the the seventeen and a half hours I think it was clocked in at. Um, <laughs> uh, last year, last year's twenty four hour one, I did the full twenty four. I actually went twenty five and a half last year. Um, this year, there's been obviously a number of things going on in real life. Um, haven't properly looked after myself recently, so I think that was the contributing factor. Uh, uh, yeah, calling it at like seventeen and a half hours. 
I felt a, a mere 17 and a half. <laughs> mere 17 and a half hours, yeah. Oh, I felt rough. I was dog rough. So the, the main um, question uh, is how much amphetamine does it take to stay up painting <laughs> for 25 and a half hours? Uh, none. <laughs> uh, I think there was this. I, I, I remember there was a six pack of, of um, Red Bull involved and a <laughs> lot of coffee. Um, <laughs> couple of snacks and drinks in between um but yeah it's all for a good cause it is all for a good cause it's for an, a, an absolutely fantastic cause to be honest um the uh, the SIUK um foundation which is scleroderma and Reynards, um they 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 support the I think it's 21,000 people that in the UK suffer from scleroderma and Reynards um out of Oh, so many million, millions of people across the, the 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 globe suffer from this, and we have a, the UK has quite a large proportion of that, um, and they are the as far as I'm aware, they are the only charity that support um, people who suffer from this phenomenon, as it's known. Um, so yeah, and I, I I'm going to be trying to do this every year now is is doing some sort of fundraising event for SIUK. Because I, I was at work when you were doing most of it, but I'm, I came mm. back and logged in, and you'd already hit your um, target by the time I'd donated any money. So it was <laughs> quite a success. Yeah, it was. It was a it's a massive ex- success actually. Um, it's it's currently sitting at one thousand two hundred and something, I believe. Um, I've I've literally just waiting for eBay to release the funds from the auction and profit from the auctions getting added to it as well and then that'll be it was shut down and then you've all got to wait till next year for, to watch what loony idea i come up with next <laughs> well you knocked my idea of a 72 hour stream on the head which i think was premature who <laughs> 72 um <laughs> there may be like another 24 hour in the works but i think it'll be spread over a couple of days as opposed to one sitting um was like was the that. more favorable of ideas i like that relay idea you know you pick other people take over yeah we we well i did one last year with uh commissar zura foxy dm and uh wolf hilda for the mental health foundation we did one last year uh, that was a relay that was that was also a lot of fun i, I like collaborations you know doing doing things with other members of the community it's it's fun um, so yeah, that's, that is another option. Um, obviously for SIUK for me is quite personal. Um, hence for the most part, I'll, I'll probably keep it to just me doing the lo- loony things and do other collaborations and charity work. Um, 72 hours, I'm telling you, it's the way to go. 72 hours over what? The space of a month? Um, <laughs> no, it's basically 72 hours. <laughs> You're going to supply the Red Bull. <laughs> I, I swear I'll need an attendant, and someone will have to have me on an intravenous drip, mate. <laughs> uh, that's rough. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so my standard question is: How did you get into the hobby? Then ah, right. Um, um, as a kid, um, we we used to have a little. Uh, independent stockist in the town I grew up in and we went past and there was some 
some lizard men and some Batronians in the window. And we went in, me and my dad played a couple of games against the guy that ran the place. Picked up the box at the time, which was lizard men and Batronian, and it went from there. Uh, I think I was about eight when I first started. By 10, I'd got into 40k, and I've never looked back. Took like a year break when I was 16. Um, but yeah, never never really looked back since then. Um, it's it's for me now. It's it's a connection to my dad. Um, it's one of the few connections I still have to my dad. Um, so I just keep going. Reach for reach for grander heights, bigger projects. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's always been there as this hobby. Oh, I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't change it. So it's fantasy again, saving the day, getting you into this. Oh yeah, fantasy was was definitely for for at least two years. Um, played lizard men. I played and collected lizard men. Um, my dad collected the Petronians, and then he moved on to high elves, yes. uh, and I moved on to the dwarves. <laughs> so we were we were always picking the polar opposites. Um, would that have been fifth then? With that, if the Bretonians and lizard men—that's mm. that, that's the what the box with the lizards invading a castle. Yes, yes. I don't know. I can't remember whether there was any law behind that. I'm sure someone no, mentioned that, it a while ago. The Bretonio lizard manish war is not one I can put my finger on when that actually, or if that actually happened. No, because how they? Why would they? No, well, never mind. It was a good know. box though. It was a good box. Um, the, the 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 minis were always a bit goofy for me, um, but I still enjoyed it. It was it was it was something else I could do with my dad. And I mean, he got diagnosed with scleroderma and Raynards not long after we started. Um, so he had a lot of late nights up painting. So it was just it was it was something for me to do with him. Um, but as a as a hobby, it's it's been there ever since, and it's it's done me some serious good over the years. Did you ever work for the company? No, no, not uh, <laughs> no, not gonna lie. I've applied a few times for you know managers' positions, and you know I've I've got a few friends who are managers or have been managers, and I've I've asked like you know I've asked it for. Um, application forms and stuff when they have been advertising, but no, I've never, never worked for GW. Have um, Have your friends ever mentioned what Jervis Johnson is really like? <laughs> no, no, they haven't. <laughs> Honestly, when I get that no, question I'm... answered, that'll be the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> you get that answered, it's like right, we can quit now. I can <laughs> retire the... from uh, from from podcast fame. It's the mission objective. That and all that yeah. Raid Shadow Legend cash. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, definitely. So you went to 40K, and that, I'm a, from the output, I'm saying that's that's where your real love lies then. Yeah, I'm definitely a, a Space Marine fanboy. Um, I occasionally uh, go back to some older models. Um, recently painted up a, a White Dwarf. Um, my son actually collects lizard men. 
Um, so, okay, it's nice to, when he's painting, I can sit and give him pointers and give him a hand. Um, but, yeah, my, my, my true passion lies with 40K. What's your favourite, uh, well, loyalist, I'm assuming. So what's your favourite chapter? Oh, Space Wolves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Space Wolves. Um, I've had I've had a I've had a number of different ones. Uh, I start. Let me list everything that's wrong with the space. No, hang on, that'll have to be a separate issue, a separate episode. That one. Yeah, it's gonna have to be a separate list. Is this? <laughs> well, for one, read the orders and verify them before you just go and annihilate a planet and turn <laughs> a loyal Primarch against the Emperor. It's just that's that's list number one on the yeah. list. Yeah. A lot of people do like that um, what, uh, space Viking look. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get the banter and I get the jokes. Um, you know, what's this? What's this model called? Oh, well, it's a wolfy wolf, wolf, wolfy wolfy <laughs> wolf, wolf. You know, um, so I, I do get it and I get the banter. Um, but like, you know, any true son of Russ, you you see both sides of the coin. Um, you obviously you saying, you know read the orders, but let's face it, how many people did Horus dupe to pull that off? Um, I, I love the law surrounding them. Um, it speaks to me in a way, I guess. And yeah, I've, I've always liked them. Uh, I've, I've done a number of different chapters over the years, most of which have been homebrews because I just love creating, um, just creating in general. Um about Space Wolves. I'll always go back to Space Wolves. I've got no creative ability um, <laughs> at all. So homebrewing chapters is, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's the Space Marine chapter 1002. And mm. they're, they're, they're black with silver trim. Uh, there you go. <laughs> There's my homebrew <laughs> chapter. I've seen someone do that as well. It's quite funny. <laughs> this is Space Marine chapter and then just giving them a number. And it's yeah. like, well, that's different. It works. It's, it's different. It's more efficient, yeah. Yeah. In a start, I'm just yeah. cutting out the. Uh, it saves on ink when you're writing the, the name out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that and some of the cringy names. Well, you're saying like um, Space Wolves have this wolf based thing. That's nothing compared to, is it the Blood Secretor out of Age of Sigma? Oh, yeah. Which is apparently <laughs> some sort of banner bearer. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound like it should be at all. That's um, it's got, that's got a that's a high bar to beat for um, ludicrous naming conventions. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. But, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I get it. I, I get the a lot of the jokes and the banter and stuff because of the names. Um, but then, yeah, you you look at something like that and it's like, what? The the the, the what's <laughs> Are you um? Are you a permanent loyalist then? Have you dabbled with Xenos or Heretics? Um, I've been tempted by a couple of different concepts over the years. Um, oh, what are they called now? Speed Freaks for the Orcs. Oh, yeah. Orcs are brilliant. They're, they're, they're so funny. Um, the, the amount of obviously kit bashing options you get when you're doing an Orc army. Well, you've got all that open up to you, like yeah, they, yeah. they've looted the tank, so go go mad on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's been that's been one thought. Um, 
have contemplated with uh, Chaos a few times, different sort of lists. Um, Thousand Suns? No. Oh, <laughs> a little bit, actually. There, there was a point when I was, I think it was when they released them, re-released them last time around, um, and they got all the new model range, and I was a little bit like, ooh, those Scarab Occult Terminators look lovely. Um, <laughs> From personal experience, they do look lovely, and they are mm. a nightmare to paint. Yes, I was about to say that the, my best, one of my best friends, has literally started. Um, this is the enabling coming out. Uh, <laughs> he started forty k last year. Came around to mine, had like a three hour conversation. It started off imperial as that he was going to do imperial guard. Three hours later, he leaves, going, "I'm going to do thousand suns." Following day, I get a message going, "I've just bought this, 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 and this." Oh wow! Okay. So, yeah, I don't think I'd touch Thousand Suns now because he's doing them. Um, what else have I toyed with? There has been a few, and that, that's in amongst that, there has been some Xenos and Chaos concepts, but nothing really got off the ground. Do you always keep just coming back to Marines? Yeah, pretty much. Um, See, I know that feeling with fantasy that i'd always come back to high elves like this sounds like a good idea but it's not high elves is it yeah <laughs> yeah same thing with dwarves <laughs> like oh, i wouldn't mind doing a no i'm just gonna uh, stay with dwarves. <laughs> st- st- i could buy another army or i could buy more high elves so yeah <laughs> yeah well i could do i could do i could buy that uh start collecting drakari box set or i could buy an absolute metric ton of uh, more Gravis Marines for my homebrew Gravis chapter, you know, or Gravis company, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just only going to go one way then, isn't yeah. it? We, 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 you, we are all high hardwired to gravitate to the things we like. Um, there are particular colors that we all lean towards because those are the colors we like. I like personally, as much as everyone says it's boring. I like the color gray. Space Wolves, Heresy Grey, Carcharodons, it's another grey army. Um, same with your with, with armies, you know, whether it's 40k or Fantasy or Age of Sigma, you gravitate towards those particular armies you like the look of. For you me, feel it's, connection. Uh, so for me, it's teal. Um, all or Nearly all of my armies feature teal across mm. all the settings because I found it on the Citadel paint app. And uh, I tried it, and I was like, "This is really good, and I can do it." So just apply this as much as you can across all of the lines, because liberally as possible. Yeah, yeah. the pictures I saw of your knights, it's like teal everywhere. It's t- it's the same uh, as the high elves. It's the it's the same <laughs> pattern. It's teal, white, and red, <laughs> and, and a lot of silver and gold because mm. it's easy. Um, uh, there's been a few colors I've come across recently that I, I, I haven't previously used that I've got a lot of enjoyment out of. Um, I had a thing with purple. I mean, I'd make a purple oh, very briefly. Purple. Yeah. Can't be a good purple. Yeah. I used, to, I used to hate painting white. 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 White's a paint. For these, like, the cloth on the high elves and the plates on the um, the knights, the white. But it's not yeah. really white. It's Ulthwan uh, grey, very ah. edge But for them, the uh, the shoulder plates for the knights. My friend explained how to do it. 
It's like it needs to be the consistency of skimmed milk applied <laughs> loads of times. Like, oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> like, it's like painting water over this. Yeah. Plate. Otherwise, you just get um, brush marks and it, it looks bad. So, um, so we have decided to go with something positive. And I know mm. I did the dislikes episode a few episodes ago. So this is the counterpart in effect. This is the top five things that we like about mm, yeah. the hobby, which is um, a bit meta, actually, because when I think about this, it, I was thinking... My stand, I could just be predictable and go number one, high elves, number two, Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy, number three, uh, the Phoenix Kings, number four, White Lions, number five, Ulfwin. There you go. Uh, see, so yeah, I'd, I'd have to disagree with you on at least number four. <laughs> what was number four? <laughs> number four, you said was White Lions. Number four, oh, right, okay. White Lions for me would be at least, uh, at least two out of that list if I had to rejig it. Oh, it wasn't in any particular order. It was just <laughs> oh, it's all right then. <laughs> just, just off the top of my head. Um, did you have any... I mean, I, I, I didn't when I started thinking about it. I didn't have any problem thinking about things I like because I like it, which is a bit obvious, isn't it? Mm. Did you have any um, difficulty coming up with the top five? Uh, no, not really. No. Um, That's reassuring. Well, hmm, sort of. <laughs> kind of i don't know i'm i'm very i can be quite indecisive um i'm not sure whether that's because it, it's just who i am or whether that's that's because of other things or not i don't know um but generally speaking you know, top fives or things i don't like is, is normally pretty straightforward to be honest <laughs> yeah i had no difficulty coming up with things i don't like it's, mm. uh, I, that's i don't know is that bad who knows decisive no. I think that's just showing decisiveness. Um, do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, you can go first. I'll go first. <laughs> right. Well, number five, I've put buying things, um, which is pretty obvious for a hobby based around collecting things. Mm. But that, you know, when you're in the shop and you've bought a big pile of stuff and you get that feeling like uh, sort of anticipation and excitement and satisfaction, that's the same feeling. That hasn't changed since, um, like, the first time I got into the hobby. Yeah. So it it's just that the quantities and amounts have increased as, uh, as <laughs> I've been able to afford it. Um and it, it, like what you're saying about you, your friend who you got into the um, the hobby with Thousand Sons, it, it does get you quite enthusiastic. You think, right, I've got this 2,000-point army planned out, and I've got the uh, the money allocated to it, and I'm going to buy it. And uh, and then you execute that, and you've got these boxes. And it's just that nice bit before you realize that you've got to build and paint all yeah. of this stuff. You just savor that bit of having acquired it and thinking, I, I'm going to build this. This is mine now. Uh, before you hit the wall of, actually, this is represents about three months worth of work. Yeah, so buying <laughs> things. Yeah, uh, I was just to recognise that brief window of where you take it off the shelf and go to the till, and when you get it home and look at it, and then think, right, now I actually have to do something with this. Yep. 
Yeah, it'd be, uh, be a pretty boring hobby if all you did was buy the box, take it home and, and <laughs> put it on the table. It's like, I have a box with, with a sprue in and just, that's it. Done. Yeah, that's my collection. You can yeah. look on the front for what it will look like, but I'm just keeping it in the sprue. Yeah. Um, and additionally, it's really the only form of shopping that I like. <laughs> uh, yes. Is there any other form of shopping? Food, clothes. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really invested in that, though. I feel nothing about buying that. <laughs> no. no. Someone says to me, oh, we're going to go clothes shopping. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's just a chore, isn't it? But Yeah. Oh, I'll have a browse. And um, I know all retail is, is sort of aimed at this, but you can go in with the intention of buying a brush or a, a can of spray paint, <laughs> and you can come out with, like, a brand-new army. Yeah. Thinking, well, how did that happen? But also, you, I've never really, really been annoyed when that has happened. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't I, think. I think most of my Admech army was acquired that way, and that I went in for, I don't know, a pot of paint or something. And I thought, oh, there's some nice robots. Mm. Uh, but I'll need six, really, because they're going boxes of two, for, I think it's 50 quid. I'll need six, really, to make the unit out of them. Well... I'm, if I buy them all now, I'm saving myself. I'm saving myself time in the future. Apparently, yeah. not just build them, paint them, get them done, then allow yourself to buy the next one. Um, but that that thing of oh, I'm, I'm getting somewhere, I'm building my army. That's so powerful that it just overpowers any common sense. I know it's quite materialistic, but um, tough. Yeah. <laughs> No, I have to. I definitely have to agree with you there. It's it's. It's also strange that like um, it's now with YouTube and stuff. There's like a almost vicarious sense of buying things because unboxing videos are quite popular. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I never really found the the appeal. Like I've watched a few, but yeah, I, I have people try to explain it to me like, oh, well, you know, you get the excitement. Or you watching them gives you that a feeling of that excitement, and it's like, nope, no, <laughs> I get no excitement out of watching someone else open a a model, open up a, a miniature. The only thing I feel is is, well, to a certain degree, annoyance that it's not me opening the model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got no investment in it. If you've yeah, just... I'm not invested in the slightest. It's like, just... yeah, great, you've got a Thunderhawk gunship. Where's mine? You know, <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds means... really bad because I don't consider myself a materialistic person in essence. But at the same time, it's like, uh, uh, no, I've just no investment in it. You're allowed one out, materialistic outlet. Otherwise, uh, you go mad. What's the most, oh, should I ask that? What's the most expensive thing you've bought? Oof. Uh, Thunderhawk gunship. <laughs> literally uh, was my most expensive thing it was a second hand um, Thunderhawk gunship it got painted up in flesh terror colours and unfortunately when I got rid of the flesh terrors it went with it Oh, you needed the money at the time oh, fair enough unfortunately. unfortunately I suppose quite a few of my army projects have, have gone over the years it's okay I've built this massive three companies worth of a project but yeah, I'll keep my space rules and I'll cut, I'll cut down on the other projects and get rid of something. But yeah, um, 
Thunder I Hawk bet Hawk. it was still satisfying to buy, uh, to buy it, though. Yeah, it was. Even even a second-hand one. I mean, it was. I didn't get the enjoyment of building it, but after seeing a few videos of other people building Thunderhawk gunships, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> um, yeah, you've cut out a uh, unnecessary step there. Just go straight yeah. to painting it. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've uh, I cut out the, the unnecessary step. I, I jumped straight to the painting side of things and playing and, yeah. <laughs> um, to, to an extent, to be fair, like when I sold it on, there was no hard feelings and I knew the person that was going to it was going to get well used. Um, it sounds really daft, but it was going to get looked after and it was going to get used. So that was that was the main point. So, But, yeah, that's, that's probably the most expensive thing that's that's the downside isn't it um i've bought all this stuff i I was looking for um forget what i was looking for the other day i was going through all these drawers that i'd not opened in a while like didn't realize i bought that didn't realize i had that yeah that's still in it's sealed in its box what was it i think it was these these i just looked around now 30 20 mark three marines and 10 mark fours a Contemptor, and a Land Raider I found not long ago. It was like, oh, I forgot I had these. <laughs> My most expensive, um, I think it was when I went on a night binge, and it is almost oh. addictive. So I'd, I'd gone mm. from, yeah, I'm going to buy a night, to about, I don't know, three months later, having for uh, eight nights, yeah. <laughs> including armages, but I still count them. Like that, that was very. They were very satisfying to buy because they're just they're big and they look impressive, and even building and painting them was quite fun. Yeah, but yes, that's that's I I I know it's materialistic, but it's it is to a large extent a materialistic hobby. Mm. So I'm going to acknowledge that and buying yeah. things is my number five. Building things is my number five. Ooh, yeah. If it's a conversion or a bit splash or a kit bash even, then I, it, that's different. But actually building, I can I can get kind of, I don't know, I don't get as much enjoyment out of it if I was doing it as a bitch bash or a conversion. Um, just building a general tank kind of, in a way, it's, it gets a bit mind-numbing in a way. Mm. Is there's the best way to explain it? Um you can you know, people that have seen updates or watch the stream can they can you can generally tell what models I'm more I'm more invested in by how they look. Like if it's clearly a conversion or a kit bash, then I've got I'm more invested. Unless it's you know instead of, if it's just a standard model, I'm a bit like, yeah, I'm building this. Woo. <laughs> it just doesn't, it's, it's, it's on the list of top five at least it's just it doesn't bring me as much enjoyment as other things do you, I don't know like do you do the assembly line approach or do you prefer to build one thing and then build the next thing um depends I think it depends on sort of motivation um like you were saying about buying you know you you, you buy stuff in bulk or you just buy a single box, you get it home. If I'm really, really like motivated for a particular unit, I'll get it home. And, and sometimes I can just go, right, let's get these things built. But then they get built, all built, and then they all go on the shelf and 
they wait in six months before a, a brush touches them. <laughs> um, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's first world problem, is that? But <laughs> yeah, it's the hobby. My, at the end of the day, my major thing about building things is uh, mold lines. Um, mm. I, it, I I can't. There's something about it. I can't just leave it, even if it's in an area that's going to be covered up by a, a armor plate or it's going to be glued to the base or something. I, I don't, I don't like mold lines anywhere on models, which no increases Same. the the build time. And I don't know how people build them with the mold lines left on. I think it's down to interest, motivation, and investment. To be honest, I think I think if people are more they're more invested in the gaming side of things, then they're not really that fussed about mold lines. Um, that's that's me. I'm I'm more in about the gaming than the uh, hobby side of it. But really? mold lines just set me off. <laughs> Trigger. Yeah, yeah, like these. Um, I bought uh bought going on about buying things. Um, I bought another I don't know ten silver helms off an eBay lot that were pre-painted. And when I got them and um, I put them in the paint stripper. And when they come off, like, yeah, this, the, the mold lines hadn't come off. That's so like, this this is another investment of time here to get these mold lines off because yeah. I, I can't paint them with the mold lines on. To be fair, I mean, I, I can I can agree with you on the mold lines. Um, I built 30, 30 tactical marines from my car caradons. It took me a week and a bit to do. And <laughs> I primed them. This is what I mean about building things. Build even, even like, yeah, but th- I've built 30 of them. They're just sat here. They're all primed. They're waiting on bases to arrive from GW. Um, at this rate, they can blooming helicopter them to me. So I'm sick of waiting. I'm impatient. Uh, I thought I'd got all the all the lines, all the mold lines, and then I primed them, and a couple of the normal, what you'd, you know, everyone associates with a, a normal Space Marine helmet has still got its mold line on. And I'm like, I cleaned that off. And I know I did, but it's still there. God damn you. That's so the thing. Though, have the, to re- the, the more attention you give the model, and like the more, if you're painting it or whatever, and the more attention you give, like, oh, I've missed something. Oh, I've missed something else. Like, yeah, I've started now, so I can have to put the paintbrush down, get the knife out and start. And then, oh, no. Um, Do you have like, for me, like anything to do with the hobby side of it, I've got to be in the right frame of mind. So if I'm not for building, I can probably go longer because it's um, you see the results of what you're doing quite quickly. Like you go from a sprue to a built model in like what twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Painting for me, not so much because it takes for me uh, it takes a while before I realize I've had any sort of effect on it. So I can I can I can do building, or at least it used to be the case I can build longer than I could paint, but it does reach a limit where like I can't take another mold line off. I can't just I can't glue another item together. I've just had it. We're building. Yeah. Um, is that I don't know if other people suffer the same thing, or could you just build forever? No, I I can definitely agree with you there. I've, I've like I said, 30 tactical marines, and it was like, I can't build... Well, in fact, actually, it was 30 tactical marines reassembled a resin dreadnought and a plastic dreadnought, and it's like, <laughs> nope, that's it, I'm done. No more building. No more building for a few weeks. I'm done with building things. I've got to be in the right frame of mind to build. 
I've got to be in the right frame of mind to paint, but it, it takes more to to get me to sit down and build something. Um, if I build something and I put it on the shelf, it's it's you know it might wait a couple of weeks before it gets painted. If I buy a new box of something, it's waiting. Unless I've got the serious motivation to do it, it's waiting months to before it gets built. <laughs> like I said, you know, there's a Land Raider. It's still in its box. It's still in its cellophane. It was bought beginning of last year. <laughs> Just never hit you to go, that's oh, time to build that now. Uh, no, well, I took um, a, a brief sort of, well, so brief it's been over a year now i've taken a bit of a break from the space wolves um and the land raider was bought for them so kind of like yeah it's it's it sat there ready for when the when when i'm ready to revisit the space wolves have you ever built um skitari no no i've not, not built they them. are a nightmare uh, like <laughs> infinitely sized and they've got so many they're about 16 parts so fiddly and like little antennas and stuff and uh, I think I have how many is it five or ten in the box or whatever I think I've got 20 of them and um, I built them and when I built the last one I said I'm never building another guitar again I, I don't I, I love the army but that's it I can't I physically can't build them again they're yeah. that unpleasant to build and then somebody gave me some free ones on a sprue. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but um, it may be a while before I get around to it. Mm. Uh, on the flip side, I could build knights all day um, because that is just like, it's big items gluing them together. And uh, you can see instantly the results. Like you start and within five, 10 minutes, you've got the, the knight is taking form. I think yeah. that's quite that, that spurs you on, so I enjoy that. Yeah, I, I guess that's yes, kind of same with me. There's certain units that I've bought recently, or certain things that I've found in in my pile of shame, and I've dug out and gone, oh, there's this, and I can do so much with this piece, and it spurred me on to do more. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I have to agree. I think it's just uh, like I said, it's the standard sort of stuff. If I'm building, it, it like drags me down, and it's like, oh, I can't build anymore. <laughs> do you no break more. it up? Do you, mm. do you like an exciting model? Then you, you say, well, I'll, I'll do four regular models, and then that'll, I'll, that gives us permission to build an exciting model. Okay, uh, so I will be brutally honest here. Um, <laughs> try and do that. <laughs> I've even said it on stream, like, "Oh, okay, we're going to do this character, and then we're going to break it up with a couple of, you know, normal guys." And what's ended up happening was I did the character, procrastinated from doing the normal unit. I think it was with the Space Wolves that I, the primary Space Wolves that I did recently. I did the character first, and then procrastinated from doing the intercessors squad until the parts turned up that I needed for the Reaver Lieutenant. Uh, yeah, Lieutenant. <laughs> and then I did another character and then did the intercessors. It's, so, it's easily done. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just, you justify it. It's like either nothing's going to get done or this character's going to get done. Yeah. I, I, I love my characters. I love building and painting characters. I can do that till the cows come home. Um... 
just just fifteenth, twentieth regular marine, maybe yeah. not. Thirtieth, <laughs> yeah. And then I've, I've obviously got another thirty kicking around now as well. Oof. Hey, company, go big or go home, mate. <laughs> Yeah, you've, I've built, built the captain, uh, and that's it. There you go. Yeah. No, I can't wait to get the bits wrong. It's bits to arrive for the captain. Ooh, that will get sort of unboxed. Giddy as a boy in a, you know, little boy in a, in a sweetie shop, and, and that will get built and <laughs> painted in a day. Guarantee it. That I'm very looking forward to doing. <laughs> Just apply that to everything else. Not as yeah. easy as it sounds. No, it's not. No. Well, I think I'd say a fair choice for um, building things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, my my number four is um, progress, which mm. is a, a bit nebulous. But what I mean is um, noticeably improving at things. Um. So, I'm not. Oh, I've never, I don't consider myself a particularly good painter. However, um, it's noticeable that I've improved. Yeah. Um, and that's quite satisfying because it's not something creative stuff I'm not very good at. Um, you know, I've got no skill at other like normal painting or anything creative or anything like that. Hmm. So it's been quite satisfying to, especially this, and I'm, I'm always going about high elves, but especially this high elf army that has just been sat gathering dust for four years while I've just refused to put many more paint on it. Hmm. But now that I'm sort of learning a few things and what works and what I like about color schemes and stuff, and then saying, oh, I can apply that to the rest of the, the army. That's very satisfying, I'm finding. Yeah. Um, and on the other side of it, when we were allowed to play, um, progress in getting better at the game, which, because uh, I'm a bit of a, I like rules and I like knowing the rules, but I also mm-hmm. like the learning process. So learn, relearning eight, eighth when that came out, um, I had a sort of a, a reasonable grip on that. But then when they sort of reset it with ninth, it's like, well, it's similar, but it's different. Yeah. <laughs> The, yeah, the you remember the uh, the line of sight and terrain rules? Well, they've gone, bring in a yeah. much more complicated version. That's what's been weird about not being able to play is that um, I, I don't feel that I know the game um, mm. anymore. So yeah. that's like the the progress on that hasn't been much at all. No, but um, that's been hindered though by um, pandemic. Yeah, it's just outside of my control, really. But I mean, I could have read the rule book, but you don't really learn. You learn by playing. You learn by doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've written here um, defeat as well, because I know this is the old cliche that you know defeat is the greatest teacher, but it really, it, it is in a in a lot of ways. Like if you get beaten, um, but not like crushed. You know, you can say, well, that didn't work. I'll try something else. And that's happened to me quite a few times. Um, similar with painting and stuff like, well, I tried that and it didn't work, but I'll, instead of just giving up, I'll try something else. So I'll, I'll do it another way or I'll ask someone for help. Mm. So it's, it's in general, it's just getting better at something 
uh, I find yeah. quite satisfying, uh, especially when it's documented. Like um, getting better at the game, you only sort of notice that in if you keep score against your friends, which you know, generally you don't, mm-hmm. or if you're in a tournament environment where you can say, well. You know, I'm I'm going up the table each one I play, but there's been no tournaments. Mm. But especially in hobby and painting, just like the qu- the quantity and the output, and um, seeing how you've improved, I'm I'm getting well into that at the minute because it's sort mm. of you, you don't I didn't notice prior because I wasn't fo- so focused on it, and but now that with the pandemic, there's only limited things that you can do. It's more noticeable to me now. And it's not something yeah. I've really, really thought about. I mean, when it comes to the gaming side of things, um, when I first started, there's a there's a, a saying that's going around at the mo- it goes around. Um, it's, it's become a more common saying recently. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know where it, it comes from. Um, I don't lose. I I learn. Um, was what my dad used to say, and then I adopted it. And I've I've noticed other people have said it. Apparently, it's been used in a film or something recently. Couldn't mm. tell you which one. Um, but I think I spent like my first three years in the hobby losing every match, <laughs> literally every game I played. Like I played Lizard Man against my, my dad with these Bajonians. I lost. I played Dwarves against Elves. Uh, almost won. I played Space Marines. I lost. And do you know what? I enjoyed it. It, ne- it never, thankfully, I, I never played against someone who was a bad sport and put me off playing again. But I did. I, I learned from every loss when it came to the game. Um, on the hobbying side of things, I think I, I'm a bit sad because I don't have I don't have any pictures anymore. Um, I've moved around a lot. There's been a lot of real life stuff, which has meant that I've lost a lot of pictures of previous projects. So sometimes I kind of feel like I'm starting from scratch. Um, so I don't really have anything to show my progress but I, I get I do get what you mean like it's nice to to put two models down on a table and go oh there's a, you can see the noticeable difference yeah um, and it's good for other people to see that as well because then they're watching you you progress um, and other people get enjoyment out of that as well I mean I, I there's a few people I've met through Twitter since starting and you, you can see the progression, the skill level of their miniature painting from last year to this year, even such a short space of time, you can see it, and it's even it's enjoyable for me to see that they've progressed, and then they're happier because they can see the progression. I mean, I know it's as well when you you posting pictures and and putting stuff up, and but that's I know you can. There's an argument. Oh, it's quite narcissistic. To say, look what I'm doing, but it's not really. It's like you're quite proud of what you've done and then if people mm. like it or people say that's good then it's all right i'm gonna keep going yeah so i i think that's all good in and keep when you yeah if you're happy with you your work stuff yeah you get it out there you know people want to people who are involved in a hobby to do with essentially toy soldiers <laughs> want to see what other people do and if you're happy with what you've done go for it Get it up there. Get it on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or, you know, wherever. People want to see that stuff. I know I do. <laughs> well, that's another thing that um, with progress and things that, you know, like when you're live streaming mm. uh, or when, when anyone live streams, really, 
but I quite like watching people paint, um, and not just because you pick up, you know, I wouldn't have thought of that, mm. but like just to see something go from nothing to um, painted. I think that's quite, it's, it's relaxing. It's quite satisfying as well. So even mm-hmm. in that, that's you know, this, the progress in this, and it, see, it shows you that in the space of like what, two hours, you can make some significant progress. Yeah. So I've, I've finished a few like on, on live stream or in a live stream. I've, I've finished a few models. Um, I think the only, there's been a couple of things that I haven't done to it. Like I haven't done any of the basing or something like that because that takes the longest to do. It takes the longest to dry, and I like to keep active. But there's there's been a few models I've finished on stream to for what I consider a high standard of painting and gone right there you go people you know it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like they enjoy seeing it um come to full volition. Volition. But it's also like it's almost what well, it is. It's in real time. So mm. it's sort of another indicator that you know this is it is possible to do it, um, and you can get good results. But I know exactly what you mean about being beaten because uh, all my anecdotes are about fantasy. Really, when I started playing fantasy, uh, I think I got 15, 15 straight defeats against the he's beat Gavin who was on. Um, but it's just that, that sort of thing of like, right, I tried that and it didn't work, so I'll try something else. And then when it actually works, so you say, well, I know what I'm doing here. And like, mm. that's progress. And I like I like that sensation. Um, and I've done, I did a, a, a 40K eighth tournament about a year and a half ago. And that was really good because that just exposes you to a load of different armies that you've never played before. So like the having to learn uh, another army and try to work out how to beat it in the space of, you know, you've got six turns, essentially. You haven't got, like, loads of games to work this out. You've got six turns. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But it's like this sense of, I'm getting better or I know what to anticipate or or I've just been completely destroyed, so I know not to next time I don't place the knight there within like reach of a blood angel smash captain that kills it one turn to pick an example completely at random. <laughs> not bitter about that at all. Uh, not at all. Smash captains. <laughs> should be legal. So uh, you can't overwatch, can't you? All right. <laughs> Who wrote that rule? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you're not just collecting stuff and piling it up. You are actually improving skills and getting better and mm. that's something I like about it. So what is your number four? My number four is, well, see, I was thinking about this. So my, can I join two together? I don't know. Like my, my number four heavily leads into my number three. Oh, you can so, do them both together if you want. Law and conversions. So con- law coming first at number four. Right. And conversions coming in at number three. Because how, how have you linked them? Well, I, I like I I, lo- I love the law, to be fair. Um not as much as I love other things, obviously, because they're three and four. Can I just um, point out I'm pleased you put law on this list because I noticed I haven't and I wish I did. So <laughs> I'm not a master, you know. There, there was a time um, 
about maybe four, five years ago now. Five, five years ago, I had a, um, a mental breakdown. Um, and it's had a long-lasting impact when it comes to my memory. So there was a time where you could have asked me about a particular point in the 40K law, and I could have told you exactly who was involved, when they were involved, how they got involved, who did what, why and when, and how many people you know, lost a toe during that said <laughs> event. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, now my brain is a bit um, scatter. It's a bit of a scatterbrain. Um, so for me, law is very important because I feel like I'm um, I'm relearning everything all over again. Like every time I do a deep law dive for my own personal, for, for myself, um, it's like I'm learning everything all over again and I'm sort of sat there in my painting room going, oh, no, I do remember that. Oh, I know that bit. Oh, I remember that bit. And then obviously it's it's just... Uh, snowballs from there like I've, I've got to keep going back and and doing these deep law dives to remind myself of some of this stuff um but i get a lot of inspiration for my conversions and stuff from the actual law um i think mean, that's where we get most of it from that's where we get the color schemes from and the characters from and everything else and when you come across so many interesting characters and there's no models for them it's like Ooh, you know, Mr. Burns, <laughs> that, insert Mr. Gap. Burns laughter here, sort of, <laughs> sort of thing, you know. Um, so for me, it's it's difficult. Um, but yeah, if I was going to, I don't really want to put them at three and four, but mm, yeah, it's difficult to fit him in in five, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fine. It's, 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 just a, it's just a framework to hang the uh, yeah. episode off. Yeah, but them two for me are, are, are very heavily linked because obviously you've got from the law we can get ideas on conversions for units or characters and various other things. Um, so obviously, then you know we get the we get the conversions from that, um, and I do. I, I I really love the law. It's it's quirky and in some cases it's silly. Um. But it, it makes the game and the hobby what it is. Yeah, it's just plastic on a table without all the uh, the background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I really like law, and um, I like the the forty k law is. Um, it, I, I I sort of even prefer the the pre forty k stuff, like mm. everything about the emperor. I'm fascinated about. Um, and it's, I like how it's, it's like the unreliable narrator. Yeah. You, it, it's all, what was it to say? It's all truthful, but it's not factual or vice versa. Yeah. Or something. Vice versa these, yeah. these things may have happened at these, this time, but the way they happen or the way they're depicted is not necessarily the case. So that just opens up an infinite amount of possibilities for, yeah arguing oh, cool. or discussing or talking about yeah. it so it's i don't know whether that's intentional or whether that's just a happy coincidence um because mm -hmm. even like you can argue the emperor loved the primarchs as his sons or the emperor didn't care at all about them he just checked them as tools um in a galactic uh, conflict and there's evidence for both sides yeah i couldn't possibly <laughs> comment on on, our, on on the god emperor 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I do. It's and um, some of the obscure stuff as well is is it's really it knows how to pull you in. Um, for whether it's the forty k law or whether it's Horus Heresy or even like you know, pre Heresy law, as little as there is, is is really interesting. Um, and I can. I can I can guarantee I'll I'll lose a, an entire day if I just click on YouTube and let it roll the various uh, YouTubers with their law videos. If I just let them roll, I'll lose an entire day. I won't even do anything. I I can just sit and listen to most of them just go on about the various different events and characters, chapters and war bands and yeah, you gotta love it because like you said, exactly. it just be toy soldiers on a table if it weren't for all the background you've seen i think it's luton's channel he does very good law videos and that's the first sort of comprehensive i think the, it runs to something like four hours long video yeah. on the god emperor and it's like that's that's probably the first major law video i watched and it's still probably the best oh, just covering everything covering everything about him um mm. But even in that, you know, that these are the facts. But how you interpret them is because I'm convinced that he would the second the Great Crusade was over, he just killed the Primarchs and say, mm. um, "But there's uh, and he, there's evidence to back that up, and there's evidence to say no, he, he would have he, he did want them around." Where's that commissar when you need one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> th- th- all I say is Thunder Warriors. You know, he's he's, he's got history doing it. <laughs> Oh yeah, well yeah, there is. Oh, right. no. oh no, they all died. Don't look into it. Yeah. Moving on. I, I'm really thankful that we have the likes of like Luton, um, just because they do do really good law videos. And like I said, because of my brain being quite a bit of a scatterbrain at the mo- you know recently in the last couple of years, um, it, it makes it easier for someone like me to to go back and revisit things and. It must be helpful that they pull a lot of different sources together rather than yeah. having to go look for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, it definitely helps. Uh, there, there are certain subjects that I, I know about, and I'm I know I remember all the facts as as well as I do. They just might not be in order, um, in the right order at least. But yeah, it, it does help having having them those people out there um, who do these videos and compile all this information so i will regularly do at least once a week i will do um a deep law dive on a topic to do with the 40k universe or the harris heresy or um something like that anyway um, do you have a favorite i don't know how would you say it piece of law story or character um, in law um no, I don't think I have one particular. Thing. I, I'm very fond of the Horus Heresy and the Badab War in particular. Um, Character-wise, I can't. I couldn't give you a favourite, to be honest. Um, there's just too many. Magnus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you joke about that, but you know. The, you look at like the Horus Heresy series. I actually really liked Abaddon in the first what two books, and then he became a jerk, and it was like, <laughs> "Wow, okay, that was a 
That was yeah. a quick turnaround. I, I did. I actually liked him. You know, he he cracked jokes and those you know, um, serious, but those first few, three books, especially yeah. the Horace Cerisi series, are just brilliant for setting them up and uh, buying and the it. And yeah, yeah. It, wow. Okay, you I, do buy it that the like Horace's turn to chaos. That you, you buy it that he was loyal and he turned. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I couldn't. I couldn't give you. A, I couldn't give you names to particular characters because um, there's too many. Um, You'd be unsurprising to hear uh, to learn that possibly my favourite law is uh, everything to do with high elves. No, oh, but I'm not. Really? I'm not, I'm not just saying that. Um, I think this. It just in my personal interpretation, there's something significantly different in how the high elves are depicted in fantasy as they compare to the stuff they were obviously lifted from. Because, like, Tolkien elves are all like uh, standoffish and they'll not get involved, and you know, they, they just want to get out of there, they're, they're leaving. Whereas yeah. the high elves are not, they are militaristic, um, then they know they're going extinct, but they're not going to leave, they're going to. Do the best they can until yeah, they're not going uh, quietly. Yeah, they're, they're not giving up. They still think it's their responsibility to um, protect the world. Yeah, and I just get a different, uh, I get a different vibe from them. I don't. Know, yeah. it's hard to describe, but this, this no, how they, I get what you mean. and it's connected to why I, I love them so much. In mm. um, the way they're written, the way they're depicted, is there's, like there's a definite difference. Yeah. Yeah, and like the kings aren't just like you know they don't speak with, or I don't get the impression they speak with a sort of like uh, floaty lilting voices like they do in, in well as depicted in Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Mm. Like Calador and Tethlis are like really serious, really brutal warrior kings. Um, oh yeah, they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not. Yeah, you don't get this. The fl you don't get a flowery yeah. sort of. Wavy robes. Yeah, they're not just wearing robes and you know that stuff like that. No, they're um, they're real serious warriors. Um, time of time of war, you sort of you know if if it was put into an animation or something, you'd expect them to wake up in the morning and they're straight into a suit of armor. No, yeah, or just yeah. throw in some floaty robes. Yeah, no, I'll just eat yeah. some, you know, recline and eat some food and laugh. And mm -hmm. uh, no, they they've got a real threat to deal with, and they're just the right people to deal with it. I mean, but that's that's the I law. That's why I, I wish. Like, I'm, I'm glad you brought law up because I get animated about the law, and I can go, oh, it's this, this. I've got a million things I want to say about it. And yeah, I mean, we have, we have, we have the banter because of dwarves and um, dwarves and high elves. Um, but I mean, we had a bit of banter not long ago about lizard men and high elves because they they obviously when they expanded on the lizard men law, they were they went on about how. Um, they helped the vortex. Yeah, they, uh, they, yeah. they, they helped uh, the vortex and stuff. And you, you then get all these extra stories about uh, was it Gorrock? You know, God, what a beast! <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. You want you want an event him in that city, and it just like nah, you're not having this city. It's my, my <laughs> city. It's like oh. um, or the chameleon that you know disappeared off into into the warp itself because you know a chameleon skink just does that right um yeah, it comes back it comes back, yeah, it comes back. we had a didn't he have a vendetta it was a bloodthirster he had a vendetta against wasn't it 
Oh, was it? Uh, What's it called? Ox, Oxawattle or something it's called. Yeah, I can't Ox, something like that. But yeah, he, he like decided he'd had enough and went. Oh, do you know what? Where are you? And he, he like disappeared <laughs> into the warp and hunted down some greater demon. Demon killed it and then came back. It's like you know, like you do. Um, Argonians, anyone? Um, <laughs> they're the best. Uh, on a side, they're the best. Uh, Skyrim race. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, although I am, I, I do, I do like the Nords. So that's not surprising. No. Non-space <laughs> wolves. Mm, not shocked there. Um, <laughs> but no, the, I don't know. The, there's a couple of events um, and a couple of characters throughout different story arcs, you could say, that I do, I enjoy more than others. Um, but yeah, for me, like. Those two things are really heavily linked because obviously from the law we can get we get a lot of stuff and there isn't always a model for the characters we like. So I've never really got into got to converting because I just don't have the skill mm. uh, and I don't have the. If you're a converter, you must have this way you can just picture what you want and know how to, to what I want it to look like and know how to get there. I, I just can't do that. Um. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I can I can get a generalized image of what I want it to look like. Whether it comes out like that is is, is a completely different matter. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we envision something, and then you you go looking for the parts, and then you realize that GW doesn't actually do the model that you thought they did, or they, there isn't a part that you envisioned. And it's like then you look at third party stuff, and it's like they don't have it neither. And then. For me, I get to like, oh, well, my only other option is sculpting, and then I shelve that idea because I don't consider myself <laughs> good at sculpting, and it gives me anxiety. So I'm like, nope, 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 do something else. <laughs> That's a proper skill that where people are making, like, oh, I, I made this out of green stuff. Like, how? How? It, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah I've, asked, I've seen loads of people do that, and then I've gone, like, teach me, and they've tried to, t- they've shown me how they've done it, and I'm still sat there going, how? My brain just does not comprehend how you take that one lump of green stuff and you just made someone's head. <laughs> you know, well, you start the nose with your sculpting tool, and by the time they've done the nose, the eyes, the chin, cheeks, and the brow, and I'm moving on to the, doing like the head, the hair, and stuff, I've got a nose where the left eye should be, <laughs> a mouth where the right eye should be, and a brow where his chin should be. And it's like, go, squish. I Move can on. just about put some green stuff into a gap. Uh, I can do it. fur. I've got really good at doing fur and cloaks and filling. That's about it. That's a lot better than me. So what have you converted? Uh, at the moment, there is a, a bray ash mantle that's now currently in the process of being turned into a Carcaridon's... Uh, uh, Chaplin Dreadnought. Um, there is a few pieces kicking around actually at the moment. So there's a Blood Angels Lieutenant, which is now my Chapter Master for um, my Umbral Wolves, a couple of Chaplins, various characters. Uh, Gabriel Seth a few years ago, I converted into. Um, just a sort of standard smash captain, but it was finding the right. Um, we took the head, took the head off him, and, and gave him a new head, uh, different shoulder pads, um, 
because it was an old white metal one, so it's like the arm and the shoulder pad were all one piece. And it's like, oh, joy, so now we've got to find the arms that are going to match that great <laughs> big blooming sword. Um, <laughs> fair amount of stuff. Uh, I think an entire squad of cataphracty Terminators. Oh, dear me. Um, oh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I did the that resin ones? Hmm? Resin or plastic? Yeah, yeah, old resin Ooh, ones. Right. This was many years ago now. Um, they were old, old resin ones or the first sort of resin ones to come out. And he was like, I've bought, I've been bought some of these, but I want them more chaos <laughs> Okay, give me your bits, box. <laughs> give me your bits, box. Where's the spice? Got the green stuff, my tool. And I just went, <laughs> I just went ham on them. Um, <laughs> and uh, they ended up being uh, just essentially a chaos terminator unit for um, his... Uh, Night Lords, Chaos Warband, um, and they, they looked, if I do say so myself, they looked rather good. <laughs> lots of, you know, lots of flayed flesh to their armour and uh, hooks and bits of barbed wire wrapped around the fist and things. So, yeah, they, they turned out all right. I, I just can't, I don't have that vision or that. I've, I've got one of my friends is big into conversion. Um, and he's oh, I've got this, but I'm I'm going to cut this off, and I'm going to get the bit from this model, and I'm going to add it. Like it would never even occur to me to do any of this. <laughs> I just I bought it, and I'll paint it, and that's it. So it is it is impressive when you see a, a well converted model. Mm. But I know it's, it's, yeah, it it's it's not for everyone. It's enjoyable though. If you ever get a chance, I'd say try it. But Very big on like, um, but sort of the first generation of Chaos Knight is another any different now. There were sort of half conversions, weren't there? Because it was just you, it was just the Imperial Knight with a sprue of spiky bits. Yeah. So I think people could go a bit wild with that. Oh yeah, I've I've seen some amazing Chaos Knights um, that people did when Knights just first before they even sold the, you know, Knight with a sprue. It was just. Just do it yourself. Yeah, I, I've got an, a, a massive amount of chaos bits and green stuff. Let's just go nuts with this thing. And the um, talent, the amount of talented people that that created these fantastic conversion pieces and kit bashes. And to be fair, I've seen some that that look better than what GW have put <laughs> out now. And that's not a that's not me knocking GW in the slightest because the Chaos Knights look amazing. It's just some of these people you'd expect them to be working for, like Forge World, you know, sculpting whole new shoulder pads and heads and breastplates and yeah, there's some fantastic stuff out there. I think that's. Um, I think I agree with those two points there. Mm. Um, well, my next one, which is my, you've done. Two together. So this is my number three, I think, is um, photography. Mm. Um, I'm one of those annoying people that will take um, hundreds of photos in a battle uh, <laughs> and really slow the, the play down to take <laughs> dramatic shots and things. Um, yeah. <laughs> and were you, you're not going to say anything in this entire section now, and I'm not going to agree with it, and I already know that. 
That's good. A bit of unity. I like taking photographs of essentially everything. Um, I like lining armies up and taking big photos of them, group mm-hmm. photographs. Um, photos. Yeah, family photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's just, I just like to see, I like the army stud, um laid out so you can see what they're all about. But I really like taking action shots and I really like framing photos to make them look dramatic, you know, like so you take them at angles so that you see the, the size difference between the knight and the unit that it's charged, or you you try you sort of looking down what the unit would see as the, the enemy army's coming up, or and then the terrain sort of frames the picture and you sort of it's pointing towards or it's making your eye look at where the army is, uh, or what you want the what the photo is all about. And I mean, I'm not a, I'm in no way a professional or amateur photographer. Um, it's just what looks good to me. Yeah. And then I just enjoy spamming them on various forms of social media. Yeah, I remember. I remember when you got in, when you when you joined our Discord. Yeah, have all the pictures of all <laughs> the knights from every angle possible. <laughs> I loved it. Cinematic photography, nice. professional or amateur, <laughs> is brilliant. Knights are just—they're a gift. They're just every every angle that they are, you can photograph them from, make them look great, and, and make them look um, impressive and imposing. Mm. Uh, and especially because my um, my knight gallant is sort of—he's pointing as if he's challenging someone. So yeah. that's just—you can get that in anything. It's, I think my friends, uh, what was it? What was I fighting? His uh, custodies, and he's got like a, a not red not captain. No, no, <laughs> he wasn't pointing to that. I didn't have the gun at that time. That was a, a valiant that got destroyed in one turn there. Not that I remember, or, mm. or it's affected me in any way. But yeah, so there's like he's he's just pointing. So like across the battlefield, there's this giant knight and this giant dreadnought just pointing at each other over the battlefield. And it's like. That looks great. That looks ridiculous, yeah. but great. Yeah, I, I think some of my f- most favorite photos I've ever taken have been like back during seventh edition when you could have you had challenges. Um, just every time the, the, the obviously at the time um, I was running a, a gaming club, um, and so every time there was this sort of unwritten rule that if a car- two characters challenged each other you had to take them out of you know, like the units that they were in and you had to put them somewhere heroic and we took a picture and it went on the wall um and yeah i, I can 100 percent back you up on on that uh, on that statement because whether it's professional or amateur it, it has to be done it's just cool it also feeds into what I was saying about progress as well, though, because, you know, look at the, we did, um, you know, you look at your models getting progressively more and more painted, your army's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. We did last year, we did this escalation of like three days of 40K, uh, after which my spine had compressed into dust, I think, because of all the standing around for 14 hours. Um but it started with like 500 points and it escalated at the end to like 5,000 points aside on this massive table. And those photos, I think, they're, they're just great to look at because it's it's all, it's all telling a story and, it, and all these ludicrous amounts of things are happening on the board and there's knights everywhere and there's like 
hundreds, literally hundreds of Tyranids on the board and they're ripping each other apart. And it's like, this is, it's almost like war footage. It's great. Yeah. Apocalypse. My two, I think my two, well, three favorite types of pictures, probably like Jules, family photos and Apocalypse games. So like you've just described right there, you know, going from starting from like playing 500 points a piece up to however many thousands of points on the table. Um, Apocalypse pictures, especially when they're done like from eye level as well, are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, you get down the look, see what the model can see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you. Like, a game takes twice as long as it should. <laughs> it's just like but you take pictures. So I'm. Uh, you want to roll your armor save and round with your phone? Like, yeah, yeah. Two seconds. Like, just taking yeah. hundreds of photographs. Mm. I send it. I send it to the people I've played. So it's like, yeah, that was all worth it, or yeah. not? Up or to not. you. Yeah. <laughs> I've ever come across someone who's had a problem with it. Neither. No. I've like, never, just... never come across someone who's who's said, "Will you stop taking pictures and let me just roll and kill that unit?" <laughs> uh, when I've been to Warmer World. A few times, one time there was this. There was an AOS tournament on, but it, I think it was the time where the the thing to have was like, say, Nagash, and then a, a, a concentric set of circles around them of things to stop them to stop yeah. being charged into whatever it was. But that looked quite cinematic, so I was just asking people on the tables, "Do you mind if I take some pictures?" And nobody was bothered. So yeah. I don't think of that people like to show off, don't they? Like, they like people taking oh, yeah. them. Saying that looks like a good model, so I want to take a picture of it. Mm. Now get it on a square base. <laughs> that's when they, that's when they throw you out. <laughs> that's when they threw you out. Get it on a square base. <laughs> Stop harassing our Age of Sigma planes. Never. But <laughs> uh, you, but you physically and metaphorically hit the roof when you saw the uh, the square base announcement, didn't you? Well, I pred- funnily enough, I predicted it. Um, about two days before, there was a because uh, the trailed some sort of announcement, didn't it? Didn't it? Mm. And I said it's going to be a fantasy's coming back, and uh, and everyone said, "No, it isn't, you idiot." <laughs> and then at least it and was like, "Well, I've got to give it to you. Yeah, you called that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. We'll give you that one. I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got the receipts. I've said it in Discord. So yeah, there you go. Called it." Um, do I have to do another one to bring us back level? Because you should be on to your number two, shouldn't you? Uh, I can do my number two. Well, yeah, that was your number three, wasn't it? So, so if I do yeah. my number two, then we'll be level. Yeah. Right. Well, it's funny off on that topic. It's uh, my number two is the fact that nothing is ever really dead um, mm. in the hobby. Speaking of fantasy, it's been dead for 10 years and now it's coming back in one form or another. Um, but if you remember the state of the um, state of the company or whatever it was, maybe 10, 12 years ago, mm. it was essentially it was just 40K and it was even that, just Marines. And I think the, the line of the company was like, we're a model company. Yeah. And that was it. So all your specialist games had gone. There was no support for anything like that and it was just focus on selling marine models mm. now arguably mm. the people say marines are still a big factor but look at, what, yeah. 
look at what's come back though. Like Blood Bowl's back. Warmer Quest is a, a big thing. They did uh, Blackstone Fortress a few years ago. Um, what else have they done? The old world. Yeah, the old world's coming back. Yeah, there, um, there is so much compared to 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, more stuff. Well, they had they had nothing. They had the main yeah. games. They had forty k and yeah, time. 10, 12 years ago, I was I was smack bang in the middle of our. I was run, running the gaming club for about six years, so ran about. We were probably about in the middle. Probably been going about three years, and we literally had what thirty, forty members, and it was predominantly forty k. You'd have maybe one fantasy game a month if we were lucky. Uh, we tried Blood Bowl, that didn't work. Uh, we tried. Uh, Mordheim. Someone tried to, to try to set up like a Mordheim thing. That didn't work. Um, what else was there? There was something else, but I can't remember. There, but it, there was no support for it, so it just no. it didn't last at all. Because because now you're on what well, Necromunda's back. Um, yeah. And now you're on to like edition. It's like it's, is it second edition of Blood Bowl? And they're still releasing stuff for that. And they keep coming out with more and more stuff for Necromunda and um, Kill Team. Kill Team, yeah. Uh, what's all that stuff like the um, Underworld, like Warm Underworld and stuff like that? Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 Underworld stuff and what was that? Crystal Tower or something at one point? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, all the, the the small skirmish sort of games, which are all intertwined, you know, they're interlinked. You, you can use a lot of those models in like an Age of Sigma game, and a lot of those little war bands you can play. In we other might games. have to bleep that. But... You what, dude? We might have to bleep that saying Age of Sigma. But um... sorry, <laughs> my bad. Shame. <laughs> um, but it's like even for, for personally, like when fantasy was destroyed. I mean, like, oh, that's grim. Uh, that's your favourite game. But the people have stuck with it, and people have, you know, yeah, it's a dead game, but sufficient people have played it yeah. that now they're going to bring it back in a form. Uh, Which is, it, yeah, it's, it's good to hear. Um, I, I mean, I tried to get into fantasy. I was getting into fantasy, back into fantasy with my dwarves, just as everything started to kick off. Actually, <laughs> it's the end times, and we were all like, "Nah, they won't. They won't just drop the system." We, you know, it's it's just going to be one of those. The story moves on. There you go. Um, because obviously, we'd seen it previously with the um, uh, the Ayaterra campaign, like back in two thousand and four, was it something like that? I think it was. Back back at the the beginning of the two thousands, anyway, um, <laughs> um, and you know we saw that like that was essentially that was the thirteenth Black Crusade, and there was a countrywide campaign went on, and um, chaos had overwhelming victory, and somehow it got flipped into a, an imperial victory, and the story didn't move on. Nothing happened. Yeah, so they, when the end yeah. times were going on, people were like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. So I was like, okay, I'll start getting back into it. And then, boom. <laughs> what? Yeah, just think, yeah. The world What's ended? What? That um, must have happened for... Because there was very strong, like, um, dedicated people to Blood Bowl. 
Mm. They run leagues and all sorts and stuff. And that was supported for a time by like a um, fan-made rule book, which sort of kept the old rules and updated them a bit. And people were playing on that. And I think they sort of cop- not copied, but incorporated the rules that the fans had come up with back into the main game when they brought it back. So it's just sort of nice that in this current era in, they are actually listening to their customers. Yeah. Uh, which is something that was unheard of 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I mean you look at it from like Twitter perspective, um, every single one of those like hashtag Warhammer community, you know, anytime they get tagged in something, like if they weren't listening, they wouldn't have those tags. They wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tag the community page in anything. Yeah. Uh, so clearly they, they, they're, they're seeing and they're watching and they're clearly listening. Um, you know, occasionally little things crop up and people do notice that there's been changes and, and it's been, it's been through you know, big conversations or fan made rules and stuff. Um, which is really nice to see. I, I still want them to bring back uh, Battlefleet Gothic, to be honest. Well, that, that's on my list now. I've got <laughs> Battlefleet Gothic, question mark, and Manowar, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Manowar. Might not bring Manowar back. They had Dreadfleet a while ago. I don't think they could bring that yeah, back. They did, yeah, they did Dreadfleet. Yeah. Yeah, Dreadfleet was good. Yeah. but uh, Battlefleet Gothic had a reasonably successful... PC game, didn't it? So yeah, I've not that played might, it, but because uh, that's probably what really saved the old world is the Total War games. Mm. Um, the Total War games. Yeah, that that just shows how much of a market there is for, yeah. or his potential market. You know, mm. not everybody who plays that is going to want to play the the tabletop version. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I've I've my when I've been. When obviously when we were when we've we've been allowed um, between last lockdown and obviously this one, I did go over a few times and see um, my sponsor in his little shop, and there were quite a few people there, kids mostly teenagers, who played Warhammer Total War and then come into the shop and they're ordering stuff and oh so is this like the the, the video game? And he's having look he's looking to me and I'm like no I'm sorry it's not. <laughs> It's, this is the models you're buying is not related to and and the amount, amount of them that like went oh we don't want to buy this we want models for that and it's like ooh okay that's that's interesting you know that's what uh, I was wondering like how much when did they realize that you know that there's a massive game that people are really into mm. and when they're coming at the shop wanting to buy it there's nothing they can buy yeah. uh, and there's no rules to, to match it so like we all lose how much money they lose out on there. Yeah. Because um, I thought they would have done something like, I don't know, publish, uh, you know, when they do Last Chance to Buy. Yeah. They could have done something like that. I mean, if they'd done Last Chance to Buy Tomb Kings, they would have made a fortune because I'd have bought them all. Mm. Loads, of, loads uh, of people would have bought them all. Yeah. Same. Uh, Patronians. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're now in the. One fantasy community. The Bretonians are now really popular, and I'm, I can only assume it's because of the game uh, Total War, mm. like doing a really good job with the Bretonians. Uh, yeah, and they're uh, they're a bit rubbish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just the, the models, like because the sixth edition models, they're even they were rare at the time. And yeah, 
It's just the prices are just astronomical. Mm. It's the same with the Tomb Kings. They didn't make many of them. Uh, and people, uh, the, the Tomb Guard, uh, you can't get them. They're just they're like saffron mixed with diamonds. It's just so expensive. Yeah. But if they did, like, I mean, we found the old molds for the Tomb Guard. You can buy them now for like a month. I'd be like, yeah, give me 50. Give me give 50 me, there. Give me, give me, give me. Yeah. yeah. I'd probably be the same if they did it for Petronians. Um, I obviously, as mentioned previously, when we did doing them, that was an idea for the charity event was paint up an army's worth of Petronians. But trying to get hold of them now is is <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, that's. I don't know what you out with ten thousand pounds for. <laughs> I looked a while ago. I had a, a a sort of concept for um for an army. And I thought, yeah, and I never really saw that many people playing Betronians. They can't be that popular. Surely someone's flogging a load. And all I was looking for was the men at arms box. Oh my days. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, that shocked me. You know, I heard my wallet scream from downstairs. Change of plan. Yeah, change of plan. That concept got shelved very quickly. I can tell you that much. But, well, you never. Well, they'll not do it because they've got the old world coming out. But well, yeah, which is dangerous because now that means I'm, I'm, you know, there's some concepts and projects and conversions that I'd like to do that might come off the shelf. <laughs> well, Bretonians are going to be in it, so yeah. you might get your wish after all. Hmm. That map they released was centered on Britonia, so I'm assuming they're going to be a big part of it. Yeah. Kislev as well. Yes. Kislev. Oh, winged hussars. Yes, please. Bear cavalry, if you've got that. Well, yeah, that as well. The uh, Tsarina herself. Mm. Although it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be her, would it, in the old world? It would be... Uh, Actually, I don't know who the ruler is at that time. I can't remember. Because it's, it's a good 300 years before... Carl Franz's time, yeah. Oh, is anyway, it? Is, is it set that that far back? It's uh, Lewin Orkslayer's the king of Britonia at the time, which puts it before Magnus the Pious. Oh, oh, that's so, very interesting. So it's the time of the three emperors. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't actually know that. Um, which is another prediction I made that it would be the time of the three <laughs> that was right. right. Yeah. That's that's another bit of going back to law. That time is like it, it's a ideal time because the empire is in bits and it's all oh, hell's breaking loose. And oh, then, now I'm more, even more excited because that leads to that leads to a lot of new minis. It, well, yeah, because it's um, the empire won't have any wizards for a start because it's before Magnus the Pious and Teclas made a deal. Yeah. Uh, so it's and the empire is in three parts, and uh, it's it's not as unified as it is at the time of Carl no. France. That the whole thing is in flux, and chaos is invading. So you've got some good chaos models potentially. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, so every, all all hell's breaking loose. But if you wanted to do a narrative like um, move the story forward uh, in these releases, you just you move it on until Magnus turns up and unifies the empire, yeah. and then. Then you go, then you've got a new game with Magnus as the Emperor. You've got your mages and all that with the College of Magic set up, and you've yeah. got a new, you, you can just take it from there. So, 
Give me a job, games on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, give me a job. In your, in your old world development studio. Give us a job, both of us. <laughs> Something you're looking for, you're, you're hoping for uh, new high holes. New well, high they, they, they hinted at that. Mm. Finny by still the king, uh, but it's it's before, just before Tyrion and Teclis come to, to um, prominence, I think. I don't think Finneval Plains happened at that time. I'd have to check with the dates and all that, but yeah. But they're only like on enclaves because there's only like the high elf trading posts just off the coast of um, Marion, Marionburg. Mm, so yeah. what what they'll be using, I don't know, because there will be no reason for the Phoenix Guard or the White Lions or the Swordmasters to be there. So what they're going to use? Hmm. Interesting. I didn't. I don't know any of that. I, I thought I'd be kept up. Um, quite well, oh. but apparently not. Hmm. Well, you're not a fantasy nerd like me. So. No, I guess not. No, no. For <laughs> me, it'd be. Uh, it's like, okay, can can we have some better Saurus warrior models? Then, please. <laughs> now, would the Saurus turn up there? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming the lizard man in the game. It's just, you know, can we have some new ones, please? Because the Saurus warriors we have now are a bit goofy. Oh. They're sixth edition as well, so they're ancient. Mm, yeah, they're just a bit younger than the Bretonian models. Mm. Oh, anyway, yeah. but yes, uh, the fact that things aren't ever really dead, and my enthusiasm about certain ones of them coming back—that's my number, <laughs> number yeah. two choice. So we'll be on your number two. Uh, my number two is painting. That's uh, can't argue with that. <laughs> That's it. That is literally my number. My, my number two is the painting side of things. <laughs> God, what do you like about painting? I guess I mean, in a way, it kind of goes to what you progress. You know, you you start off with this blank canvas, and you you gradually add more and more paint to it, and you turn it into you bring it to life essentially in your own head as you're painting it. Um. You know, there's, everyone goes on about color theory and the color wheel and everything else, and it's just like, well, just get some paint, sit down, <laughs> paint what you want. You know, um, there's 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 so many different combinations, and there's so many different effects you can do with different colors. You know, you can go on YouTube and you know type in lightning. You know how to paint lightning effects or something like that, and you'll come up with half a dozen or more probably videos. But I guarantee you, someone out there has got a completely different way of doing it that not one of those people has ever done. Um, you know how to make how to to paint specific hues or battle damage or stuff like that. It's just I, I really enjoy painting. Um, if, if I could literally do it as a job. Nine to five, Monday to Friday, I would. That's all. I'd, I'd quite happily do that. Just sit and paint. Um, yeah, I find it enjoyable and therapeutic. You know, if I had a if I, if I had a particularly bad day sitting down and even if it's just brush priming some models, which I know most people cringe at, um, <laughs> quite yeah. happy just sit there and just paint with something on in the background. I don't want to out you here, but you also paint from the pot, don't you? I do. I'm I paint old school. Um, obviously, 
I started when I was eight. That's 24 <laughs> years ago. Um, <laughs> my dad taught me. And at the time, it was like, paint from the pot. Well, you know. Um, to be fair, let you in on a li- let, let you and your, your viewers on a little secret. A lot of my paints actually have some paint thinner in. Um, oh, you've peeled the so, curtain back now. It's, uh, yeah. I had mentioned it previously. To be fair, it's, it's, it's not a it's not a secret. Um, so this isn't are, an exclusive. <laughs> no, it's not an exclusive. No, there are some paints, uh, some Citadel paints, personally that work better. I find. Um, I've tried wet palettes. I have a, currently have a wet palette specifically for um, specific metallics, bronzes mainly, um, just because they're just so they're so thick and gloopy. No matter what what I do with them, um, there are others that back when I was painting with my dad, um, a couple of drops of paint thinner in does the trick. Um, and there's others that I find work perfectly well. As is, you know, some people have, have pointed out the, the my level of painting skill. They're, sh- they're shocked, I think, at what they see from my pictures. They're shocked to find that it's from the pot ninety percent of the time. <laughs> it's like what that that model you painted was was straight from the pot. That's not too thin coat. It's like no. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not good enough to be able to be snobby about anyone's uh, painting. <laughs> I see. I don't. I'm not. That's not me being snobby or big headed. It's just. No, I mean, them saying it. And I and I find it weird because I've never had that before. You know, twenty odd years of painting, I've never once had someone say that about my painting. I've always had negative stuff about my painting, or people pointing out how they would have done things better. I've never actually had someone turn around and be shocked at my painting. So for See, me, that's, that's, that's a fair progress. Like I was saying, mm. my number four choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and when you were saying building, you have to be in the mood for it. Um, mm. Is it easier for you to want to paint, or does that happen more frequently? Um. Well, because I've um, over the years, obviously, I've used painting to help with. Um, my mental health uh, whenever I'm having a bad day um, I find it easier to do the painting than I do building there's more motivation there to do it and as it's kind of because it's part of my sort of therapeutic routine um, especially bad days or bad weeks or in some cases bad months um, I do generally find it easier to sit down and pick up a paintbrush than I do to sit down and pick up a pair of clippers and some glue. Um, there are times when things get really bad and I just can't bring myself to paint because I know that if I force myself, I'm going to mess something up and I don't want to do that. Um, but, yeah. It is almost like meditation, though, painting, isn't it? Because it's mm. repetitive motion and... Not really. Well, you are thinking, but you're not. You're not really like concent. We well, are concentrating, but it's like a particular task. Yeah, you're not concentrating, and your 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 brain power is not focused on something that will drag you down. You're focused on something that yeah. you know you enjoy, and it's and you're seeing results in real time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm 
big believer in there's no point worrying about something you have no control of. You know, it's Friday night, you've you've just got a letter about some bill that's gone wrong and what you're gonna do about it. It's it's six o'clock at night, you've just got home from work, you, there's nothing you can do. So what's the point in worrying about it? You know, you can't do it till Monday morning. Which I get is easier said than done, but you then sit down, your entire concentration, your entire brain power is focused on painting a miniature. You very quickly you're very quickly able to get into that mindset of, well, there's nothing I can do right now, so what's the point in worrying about it? Um, but yeah, it's it's very therapeutic. It, I've known people who kind of switch off as well, like when they sit down to do painting, they will they'll end up painting for four or five. I know I do it. I can sit down at seven o'clock at night, start painting, and oh my days, it's three o'clock in the morning. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Where, where did where did eight nine ten eleven twelve go? Um, <laughs> whoops! <laughs> I, I used to um, I used to have to be in a, in the particular mindset that I'm going to paint something because if mm. I tried when I wasn't, um, you know, I tried to force myself to paint. It was painful, and I made no progress. Um, and I think. Mm. Because I, I used to go for huge chunks, like months at a time, where I didn't paint anything. Um, mm. And if you fall out the habit, um, it's I think it's harder to get back in it. Yeah. Now that I'm like constantly painting something, I never saw. I, recently, I haven't fallen out of the habit, so it hasn't been difficult to pick it back up. And I keep thinking, at some point, I'm going to get that burnout feeling because I've had it before. Where I've like, oh, I'm, I'm making loads of progress. I paint, 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 and then like that, like I don't want to paint. Regular breaks, <laughs> yeah. But at the minute, I, I can keep going. Um, yeah. I, I don't know whether it's because I'm seeing, like, I'm getting things finished, and that's like, oh, I want to get the next thing finished. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you pretty much you, you get through. You're getting through quite a lot recently. Like, I've, I've noticed pictures going up on Discord and and stuff, and it's like, oh, there goes, an, there's another unit. Oh, there goes another one. <laughs> Oh, there goes another one. And in fact, actually, I think it's like at least during one stream that you join a week, you point out that there's a picture up in the Discord and you finished another unit. But that's like, um, you know, this strange new world that we're in. That's one of the, the quirks and the upsides of it is that um, the, the environment to, to paint is now a lot more favorable because at any point, someone's going to be streaming something. Yeah. So, you oh, stream oh, yeah. so I can, you know, even even subconsciously, the idea of oh, painting's gone. I, I fancy painting, so yeah. I can put that on, do a bit of time. There's no rush. I can just do some painting. Mm. Um, people are putting up pictures all the time of I've painted this, I've painted that, or show your models. Like, oh, I want to get involved in that. I need something new because you can't just put the same models up over and over again. Like, you need to. You can't just rely on something I painted six months ago. It's like, oh, I'll paint something and I'll put that up. And it's all, and it's, and another thing that's I've found that's big is uh, contrasts. Uh, oh yeah, I know that some people don't like them. I love them. Um, they just take those horses, for example, on the silver helms and the reavers. Uh, that's all contrast. And yeah. I, I've deliberately avoided painting those because I hate painting horses, and they're a nightmare. <laughs> and it's just like, what well, I put this on, and it's done. I drive rush it, and it's done. It's sold. 
yeah. So it's like a union of things that have come together at the same time to mean that I'm more inclined to paint. Yeah. Um, contrasts after using them in that uh, charity event on the flesh terrors, really, really enjoyed them. Like I didn't think I would. I really enjoyed using contrasts. <laughs> but like for, for you, painting does it? Um, do you feel more inclined to do it because you're doing it on camera at a certain amount of times? Yeah, kind of a little bit. Um, and like I said, I mean, for me, it's it's become part of therapeutic routine. Um, but since starting up the streaming and stuff, I mean, streaming in general has actually helped my mental health. So, and I'm, I'm quite a big fan of group painting sessions. When you're in a group and you're painting, motivation, you've, you've got a high, like you were saying, you know, there's always streaming and you sit down to watch someone else paint. And you're like, oh, now I want to paint. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's kind of that feeling. It's like you sit down, um, to pain and yeah there's probably been a few times where i've i've felt like well, i don't really want to but i know as soon as i start streaming i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna get bit by the bug and <laughs> four hours later i'm still streaming and i'm still painting um so yeah in a way yeah i think yeah it's probably uh that's a correct analogy to be honest i used to find that um especially with fantasy stuff um you would you do like two hours painting on a unit and like this looks no different to when I started. <laughs> that's quite off putting. But then mm. you the, hit a point where it's like, actually now it looks more like it's done. Yeah. And just if you're in that end zone, that's sort of inspiring you to do you some more stuff. Yeah. But um uh, yeah, like like you're saying, when you there's so much easy access to, you know, someone's gonna be painting, someone's gonna be posting pictures, someone's mm. gonna be talking about painting or you know, talking about what they want to paint. Yeah. So I think at the minute, the atmosphere for, in general, for me anyway, um, is very like conducive to actually getting stuff done. Hmm. Definitely, yeah. So that's more of your enabling, I think. <laughs> Happy to do so. <laughs> What's the... Uh, the thing you've painted that you're most proud of? Uh, what, overall? Out of everything? Yeah, it's the most satisfying thing you've painted. <sighs> uh, satisfying? Mm. Uh, I think there'll be two, two models in particular spring to mind straight away. Most satisfying to paint overall i think was actually a, a tank it was a saccharin tank from forge world more resin yeah resin uh, <laughs> and primark lehman russ oh i didn't realize you had him i do have him uh he is he's not in the painting i, I still have more shelves to fit <laughs> I've been procrastinating and not doing um but i have more shelving to go up and that means more more will be out on show Granted, you still won't see them on the cameras because the cameras only look at me and the table, but they will be on a more readily available for tape pictures. But I do actually have Lehman Russ. Um, I also have his two wolves, but they're still in their box, in another box under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But I the, like how synergistic this episode is. <laughs> <laughs> Poor puppies. Um, <laughs> it was satisfied with so with with Russ. It was the satisfaction that I'd done him. You know, it was it was that I've 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 done one of the prime marks, and he looks awesome. You know, in my mind, um, like every time I walk into the front room, he's there. He's on the shelf to next to the Horus Heresy series, all laid out. I'm like, I painted that. I'm happy with that. You know, um, it's almost like uh, a capping off, isn't it? Cause the prime mm. mark of your favorite legion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Sakaran on the other on the other side of things was just enjoyment to paint. Was very th- sort of it was very smooth start to finish. Was just there was no having to stop and go back and revisit something. It was just A B C done. Um, so that sort of two different. Two, two different ends of that question, really, for me. This is, this is what I meant at the beginning when we were, you know, when we started. It's like I I'm, can be very in, inconcise. Is that the word? Not inconcisive. Indecisive. Incon- that's it. Indecisive. Inconcise. Inconcisive is not even the word. What am I sure. doing? I'm not sure that's real. But we'll, we'll, coin that's real is it? we'll coin it now. <laughs> I think, that's, I think that's fair enough. You can have something that you're really proud of the outcome of and something that you really enjoy doing, being two different things. Mm. What about you? you? You're you asking me. I'm going to ask you now. What, what's the most satisfying thing I've painted? Mm. Uh, probably the um, Knight Gallant. Mm. Um, because by the time I bought him, I'd sort of got the technique a bit better, and it was very quick. Uh, but the thing in terms I'm most satisfied of is those Reavers I painted uh, mm. a week and a half ago. Because like, I don't know what I was doing. Was like, and I'm not saying like I'm a great painter. Like, this actually looks really good. <laughs> like, I was expecting this, like on this like throwaway chaff unit. Like, then I photographed them going back to photograph and like. This looks better on the photograph than it does in real life. Like, wow! Um, Isn't it when you paint up a ch- what you consider a chaff unit, and it's like, oh, but they're painted up really good. I don't want them to die. <laughs> yeah, just take them off the turn one. They're coming off the board. Yeah. Uh, but the, the in terms of like satisfying, it's just another big model, like big panels to paint, and it was quick. And it's like, like you're saying, the therapeutic stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't a paint to paint at all. Um, so- I have got. Magnus, who's about, I don't know, a third done, and he, he wasn't, so far, he wasn't bad to paint. He's been quite enjoyable, but I'll, I'll hold judgment on that. Yeah. That might change. I still haven't done a night. You've got to do nights. I know, I know. I know. And you, we've said this before. And it's, so it's something I would like to do. I've done yet. Yes, I like. I always recommend nights. <laughs> nights and high elves, yeah. Knights, High Elves, Admech. That's it. You don't need anything else. Uh, well, yeah, you got me to say something good about painting, which uh, if you told me that 18 months ago, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. Uh, well, my final choice and my number one choice is um, the social element. Uh, which is sort of what the whole game or the whole thing is about, really, because it doesn't actually work 
without people, I don't think. Otherwise, you're just painting, well, painting stuff by yourself and putting it on a shelf. Mm. So by social, I mean uh, when we could do these things. Uh, casual gaming, uh, mm. tournament gaming, I enjoy that as well. But more recently, this whole online thing, this internet that there's just just been invented in the past couple of months. It's a, <laughs> it's a series of tubes. Um, <laughs> it would never have occurred to me without these these bizarre set of circumstances we're in to um, do a well this to do or to do a Twitter channel, mm. and um, it's been really good in that it's kept me interested. It's, it's given me something to do. Um, yeah. It's kept me talking to new people. It's kept me interacting with things. Um, and that that keeps it... Well, you can't play because I'm a player. I'm a player. Let's rephrase that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, more, I'm more into the gaming <laughs> side of it. Um, and I always was. So being not able to play, um, I thought that was going to be like, that was going to be difficult to, to yeah. what do I do? Cause I'm, I'm more, I'm, I like playing the games. So to have this social outlet where, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of people who are always posting, like we we're saying before, they're always posting something or asking an opinion on something or putting that uh, follow Friday stuff on, or uh, the Legion of unpopular opinions, this, the, that death social by, side of death by notification. Death by, yeah, but like you, you, you look at your phone, like forty-five notifications. Right, I'll I'll wade through them. Yeah, but that that's that's good. That's like you, you're still interacting with people. Um, you're still getting things done. It's a it's an incentive to get things done or to talk mm. about things. And it's there's still this outlet because you you can't go around at the minute. You can't go around with your friends and play a game and have a talk about stuff. So this is like a a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stopgap um, yeah. until that can come back on. I don't know if that's how you found this new social side of it. Uh, well, to be honest, um, what your number one is is pretty much the same as mine. Um, oh, that's a good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you so your, number one, <laughs> your number one was the social might have community um, for my number one. I'm, I'm I'm in full agreement. There's, you know, yeah, all right. So people utilised Twitter and Twitch and Instagram and everything beforehand, um, and obviously utilised Discord. But for the community, it's people have come together. You know, people are people are helping each other and supporting each other. Yeah, it's it's as a, as a community, we've we've survived so to speak you know we've 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 managed to soldier on through it um literally for a war game yeah yeah um <laughs> um here all night uh yeah. <laughs> yeah no i yeah i agree with you dude um the social aspect the community and, and everything else has to be because that's what it's all about isn't it at the end of the day it's an interaction it's an interactive hobby hmm. but even like when we could do tournaments and, and casual gaming and stuff I've met um, you, you know you meet people just through this 
uh, just do like uh, general put in a shower. Does anyone play the game? Does anyone fancy a yeah. game? Whatever. Oh yeah, I'll play. And then you get to know people, and then you get introduced to other groups, and then you get. Um, that's how I got involved in this thing at uh, this gaming group at near where I live, and they put on a forty k tournament, so you get introduced to a lot more people. And through that, you get to learn more about how to use your army and stuff like that. And then they point you on to other things. And it's just like this, um, like a fractal effect, really. Like one interaction sparks another set of interactions. And and then you, you get crushed. Uh, like Alan, who I had on uh, the last episode, uh, crushed me in a tournament, but said, have you tried using this uh, setup? Um of your army so that's introducing new ideas and then yep. the gaming group i was in said that's you know you're not using that that's disgusting uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a totally filthy list and then stop trying to be that guy <laughs> yeah but um just all that just like I've, I've never been to an event or met someone through this where i've thought you know I, i've had a negative experience recently i i that tournament I went to 15 years ago where the guy cheated, just write that one off as a bad experience. But um, yeah, it's the social side of it. It's, it's, you know, you paint, the, I paint these things up and I enjoy that, but I'm more, I, I really enjoy going and playing a game and yeah. interacting and learning stuff and putting yourself to the test. And then my ideal is, um, which I've never done is to go down to, uh, warmer world where I'm not driving, so I can go to Bugman's after and do the trunk alcohol hammer thing because oh, that's social as well. Not done that, never done it. Well, I always drive, so oh, designated no. driver. No, well, if uh, if the miniatures apocryphary tour goes uh, goes ahead, I'll, I'll come pick you up on way there. Yeah, <laughs> deal definitely needs to happen. Get that coach hired. Coach? I'm not driving a coach. You can get lost. Especially <laughs> gonna get you a minibus. I'm sure if we uh if we chill for some coach company, they'll give us a discount. <laughs> oh yeah, just imagine that. Oh but no, I, I definitely agree. Um personally if it, if it wasn't for a certain members community, um going back few years now i probably wouldn't be here um i've met some fantastic people over the years and you end up getting you end up like having these amazing experiences as well and i have any number of any number of these memories that i can draw on for to show that there's so much positivity within the community it it, it completely and utterly outweighs any negativity that goes on you know well, I just block or delete or unfollow any. Well, there's that. that as well, yeah. There's there's these wonderful buttons called block. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, not even, I'm not even entertaining the argument. Just I don't need that. But yeah. whole mind over matter. But you know what I mean. Like before the lockdown stuff, I'm not saying it didn't happen because it did. You know, there was negative interactions or things would happen in store that obviously feel very negative about, and that's. Fair enough, you know, because it happens. Um, but overall, I find that there's so much positivity going on. There's so much fun and creativity. 
so many stories and you can sit and talk about lore or your games, your dice rolls. I mean, heck, I've had like two-hour conversations about which dice roll was it that lost me my damn game. <laughs> you know, at what point did which one was it that I rolled? You can get me in you have those discussions like, did I lose in deployment? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had games with guys and we've, we've ended up sitting down at like a pub down the road um, from like a local tournament and stuff. And, and we've both been knocked out pretty early on and we've gone and we've talked about and discussed what we could have possibly done differently, you know, um, campaigns, narrative campaigns that I've been involved in. I've ended up meeting some, very, very talented, very creative people um, who have built some amazing tables and terrain. They've come up with um, whole rule sets for narrative campaigns, and it's been fantastic. Um, yeah, the social aspect is definitely a big draw um, for anyone, even 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 if you know for someone who's an introvert that still having that social element, even if it's just online, um, still has a positive impact. Um, I was just thinking, as you were saying about it there, I'm actually thinking of how many people that I'm now friends with, it's mostly to do with this. It's actually quite, it's higher than I thought. Um, But just as an example of what I mean, um, that, the tournament I went down to in Worcester, which I keep going on about, it's like the first away tournament. That was sort of like the ideal because there was three of us went down. We had a hotel overnight, so I went to the pub beforehand. And then the next day we did three games, which I found to be great. One of the best games we've ever played was the, the, the um, me versus the Dark Elves. And that's, I don't know if my opponent thought the same thing, but just the way it worked, it was great. Hmm. And then the two challenging games so i thought i was like i was pushed as a player um and then the car journey back took loads of pictures unfortunately it was before i was on twitter or instagram so they're all like and my phone lens was smashed at the time so they're all like out of focus oh it's the only thing i would change but things like that happening or you know just that the road trip down to warm world stuff like that it's just yeah it's it's the it's the best part of the the hobby i think i've met some great people and and people through other communities as well like i've I've met someone recently through the elite dangerous community who you know also plays warhammer 40k um and got talking to him um one of my best mates harry i, I actually met through um another console game as well strangely enough like oh yeah. I do, I, I do this other hobby as well, I think was the comment he made. And it just <laughs> went from there. It's like, what's this other hobby? Oh, I sit and I paint toy soldiers. You mean Warhammer? Yeah, what do you do? Space Wolves. What do you do? Space Wolves. <gasps> Brother! Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like you've unlocked a whole new uh, zone, isn't it? Yeah. You're now, you're now talking the same language. Yeah. I mean, he's in, he's then introduced, to be fair, he's introduced me to the old of enablers. Um <laughs> <laughs> the other Matt, as he's known, um, and he is the enabler. I'll tell you that much. Um, and he, you know, they, they, that that relationship has obviously opened up other friendships, um, which I'm so thankful for. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Number one, definitely, social community. Well, something about, you know. That's a very uplifting uh, final. See, I can't, be, I can't be positive. I'm not old. I was saying, you, you, do, you do do positivity. You can be positive. You've got no choice when I'm around. That's true. Unless, oh, I'm talking about high elves. We will have no negative. Uh, to be fair, if we're going to, you know, if you're going to, I don't actually have an issue. I don't think anyone actually has an issue with the the army that they banter with. No. Um, I, I do, to a, to, to a degree, I do like high elves, especially the white lions. And the, what's his name? The character? Corhill. Yeah, really like him. I want to paint him. He's awesome. It's just a. It's like everybody knows how great high elves are. They just can't admit it because they don't want to seem. They don't want to like. They don't want to be the first to break ranks. It's just <laughs> high elves are the first to break ranks. Yeah, we know. It's just check the law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see how wrong you are about that. How many did you lose on the mainland? Was it? That was by choice. <laughs> oh, oh, was it? Caradriel said, "Come back," and they did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the dwarves sat on your doorstep besieging yeah, you at the time. Rubbish. <laughs> oh, that, they fought the uh, war of the beard and then were able to defeat the one of the biggest um, dark elf invasions of Ulthuin immediately after. What did the dwarves do after? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. No. So we went and sat in our holds and sulked, <laughs> and occasionally went out and tried to reclaim lost settlements. Look how well that happened. Yeah, Carrick Eight Peaks still iffy. <sighs> Too soon. So, <laughs> oh, right in the fields. It's going in the book. That oh, darling, it went in the book. To be fair, I'm I'm doing a playthrough on um, Warhammer Total War Mortal Empires at the moment, and it's like I'm about eighty percent the way through recovering every <laughs> dwarven hold on the map. It's just I've just been like I'm. Merging with all the other dwarves, reunifying the old empire. Yeah, it's like uh, confederation. Yeah, you want to be a confederate? Yeah, join me. Uh, you want to? Be- yeah, you too. Uh, oh, you too. Yeah, come on. It's um, the way to do it. Oh yeah, I'm rebuilding the dwarf empire. I'm trying to expand Cetra at the minute. Oh, I like Cetra. Um, well, that is uh, an unusually positive. Ending to a, a episode of this uh, yeah. podcast. Um, I think you touted all your stuff at the start, didn't you? So, is there anything else you want to push? Or uh, Raid Shadow uh, Legends, um, Grammarly, anything else? <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends, no, um, no, no, not at all. Um, I'm, I'm very, you know me. I've there's the Twitter, the Instagram, Twitch. I'll put, I'll put it all yeah. in the box. Go on, have a look. Have a look. Uh, go on the stream. Yeah. Subscribe, like, share, OnlyFans. Go yeah. on your stream. <laughs> Do all that stuff. Oh, God. The tutu all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is after the watershed. Anyway, <laughs> well, thank you, Ministers of Fathagary, for coming on to the channel and uh, bringing some positivity about modeling. Yeah. And, um, well, thank so, you very much. <laughs>